time, Adam. This is Death Files and Taxes, and if I don't put this out to the universe, it won't come true. So this might be the very last episode we ever do. Well, I hope not. I'm looking on retirement. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to be buying me some lotto tickets right about the time this drops, and I have to say, if I hit the Powerball, we're either hiring some people to do some work, or uh, maybe I'm shutting up shop. I thought you were doing it the old-fashioned way, checking out the uh, Death Files and Taxes podcast Facebook page, getting your buddy Clark Howard's uh, advice about putting money in your retirement. Oh, I've been doing that for uh, uh, probably longer than I think right now, but thank goodness there's a guy like Clark, or else I would not be have done. I, like, if I hadn't been listening to him to the point where I'm like, you know, he's right, and then for a couple of years I'm like, you know, he's right, and then I, I finally opened up that Roth. So. I, I've been doing this for as an accountant for about 15 years now, and uh, there are a lot of people that live their lives in, in different um, uh, different chapters of their lives. What I mean by that, some people um, have an itching or a hankering that they've been told they have to go get a college education. they got to dump money, and a lot of people it works. There's other people that join the military, get into a trade, and all these kind of things. And the one thing I've learned is it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's how much money you spend and how much money you put away towards retirement. Yes. So I know a lot of people that make a lot of money that are really poor, and I know a lot of people that don't make a lot of money that are really rich. And there's a lot of us, and uh, you know, we're we're mid, you know, we're in there somewhere. But there's there's people down, yeah, mid. There's people down in their twenties that start and think, well, I'm never going to retire. That's so far off. Then there's people hit about their sixties that think, oh, I didn't save anything. I'm about to retire. I don't know. Why I'm going to have to keep working. If you're somewhere in that mix, start say it does not matter if you're at the beginning or the end. The more you put away. Even if you're even if you're getting that retirement age, you still want to quit at some point. So get some money put away. You know, it's not a bad thing. I, I started. I had this conversation with one of my uh, newer clients that come over. Like, so we do accounting for uh, businesses, but we really try to do like their bookkeeping. I go through their monthly profit and loss statements. You know, talk about how much money they bring in, how much money they spend, how much money they pay to themselves. <clears throat> and with a lot of people, I bring it up and I say. Listen, this is, you know, you brought in almost $350,000 this last year. Like, you paid yourself $150,000, and you basically, all of your vacations, everything else you wrote off through your business, so really you made about $190,000. Like, where did it go? I'm like, okay, this is what's going to happen. You're going to get a real budget. Like, you're going to get money that we're going to send you. You can take your own money whenever you want. But I'm going to start taking tax money every two weeks, and I'm going to start taking money, and we're going to put it into retirement for you. And you're not even going to know, and we're going to max that out. We're going to take that $20,000, put it into retirement. We do that for the next 10 years, even though you're already 50. By the time you're 60, you're going to have $200,000 saved. Plus the growth. Yeah, you should have started a long time ago, but we can't do anything about that. You can start today, make it grow, pay less in taxes, and you're going to thank me. I can promise you, you're not going to tell your 30-year-old self, man, that was stupid for me to do. 
or you're 50. That's stupid. Derek, why did you put money in retirement? You are not going to say that in your future position. Yeah, you get that compounding interest and... Uh you're like, oh, I can retire. Thank you're gonna be able, you're gonna be a guest at a lot of parties here for retirement parties in the next twenty to thirty years. You might need to, uh, you know, start buying some seized candies or something real nice to be taken over. <laughs> I don't think I went to the mall like last week, and I think seized candy is gone. Oh uh, well, you know, there's probably an online version. No, no more hot dog on a stick. Oh really? Speaking of, on I was driving and they were talking about what? Shopco. Um, the optical place to go get your glasses. I'm like, I didn't even know Shopco still existed in the state. Oh, they're still. Well, I think you you hit a time loop or something. No, no, it was on the radio this morning. I, well, I had it on the radio. I'm, I'm thinking you might need to check the data when you heard that. <laughs> okay, I'll look or at you, it. Were you doing any acid? Anything we need to be aware of? I told you my cholesterol is way too high. So uh, I, I I did a few donuts. Did you, did you hear any loved ones' voices who you don't remember seeing for a while? I do remember I bore Derb. Derb used to work at the Shopco. And uh, we uh, we were golfing with a friend, and he would wear a fanny pack when we'd go golfing. So hey, the fanny pack's making a comeback. I, I know the Derb's always that guy's ahead of the curve. That's all I know. The fanny pack is making a comeback, and they're selling on, on eBay pretty well. So vintage fanny packs. I bet you didn't know that was the bolo we were going to talk. Here's about. the here's the weird thing, right? So uh, it's now it's uh, it's uh, Y2K, like the millennium. That's that's the so it's what nineties were pretty popular for a while. Now we're getting to the year two thousand is what the kids are wanting the retro and the quote vintage. Now that makes me feel pretty old, Adam, because I remember where I was that night. I was sick in bed, like dying sick. I'm not gonna say where I was, but I remember where I was because I'd have to tell another story that would be really funny, but I can't tell. Not because it's bad, but because the person who it's about, I don't have their permission to share it. West Desert Boys. West Desert Boys. Um, Anyway, the point is that's the cool thing. To, like, Y2K is the cool thing. Those are the that's the, that's the that's the what I don't know. It's the beyond millennials, the Depop generation. There's a name that I can't remember, but that's what they're after right now. So if you're at the thrift stores or whatever, and you're like, hey, I remember that at the end of the '90s or when I was first in college in the 2000s or whatever, snag that up and put that up for sale because uh, odds are kids are going to be buying it. Also, as we speak, Adam, I'm not a hundred percent sure when this. Uh, Podcast is airing, so uh, take this with a give or take. But the Olympics, Adam, are you an Olympic man? I am an Olympic man. It's a great bolo, and I'll tell you why. For about a month, uh, everyone comes together, and you get that country pride. Oh, yeah, it's coming up here pretty quick, isn't it? Um, if you go to the thrift stores, or if you got some Olympic um, pins, yeah, uh, clothing, the USA clothing, that kind of thing, I know our buddy Mike Painter has a, has a jacket that... I don't remember what sport it was associated with, but it was an official USA team. Uh, I think he thought it was gymnastics and ended up being something else. Um, but the the point is, uh, it's a good time to list and sell those kind of things. There's a lot of people that went to Olympics or had host cities where the Olympics have came to their city, and they did uh, uh, pin trading. is pretty popular. It was pretty popular where you'd get these uh, limited edition pins, and you'd go and trade them almost like sports cards, um, but they were only made for that city in that time. Uh, and then they kind of go away, but they come back every four to two years, depending on if you're summer or winter. So that's good because last time I heard there was a lot more trading going on. Like they get into these uh, college type dorms, and and these people from different countries were were trading certain things, and it wasn't pins. Well, they were having a good time. <laughs> yes, they yeah, were. You put a bunch of twenty year old attractive people together, Adam. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, exactly. And it, and it does, but. Um, for, for our uh, purposes, you can't trade that on eBay that I'm aware of. 
I don't think that's a form of legal tender or payment. Did you just say legal tender? I said tender. Oh, but yeah. I don't know what you're off doing on your vacation. Family man Adam Beasley. What, what does that mean? That means the same thing you're throwing my way. I'm just saying it's a good time to get your Olympic and USA team stuff out for sale. I got a, I'm thinking I might have an in. I'm not thinking it. I'm pretty sure I have an in with the U.S. snowboard team. Well, I mean, it's not winter, but still people are looking for that kind of stuff. The Winter Olympics are coming up in February. What, what kind of an in do you have? So uh, I brought it up last week. We did the, uh, there was a 5K race up in Heber, Utah. It was called the um, uh, Dirty Dash Race. It was basically a three-and-a-half-mile race that we pushed four kids in wheelchairs through the mud, the guck, a lot of different things. <clears throat> One of the people that was there, they contacted us you know, just a few days before and said, hey, we actually live here locally. And uh, our team says, hey, we've got a chair. Why don't you try it out? Why don't you come join us here this uh, couple of days? And they came, and their daughter had a great time. Nine-year-old girl, really, really nice. And they came in and really enjoyed it. But her dad, which is kind of funny because, you know, Dad was kind of itching his way, right? He didn't quite know what to do and how much, uh, you know, not danger, but like to put her into the water and all these things. By the time we're halfway through, he's just going all out. Just, you know, like all of us just going through the mud and everything. He is one of the uh, coaches for the U.S. snowboard team. Well, there you go. So as you brought that up, that rung a bell to me. So I'm just checking out a couple things on the... Uh, you might want to say, hey, I'll... I'll be able to help you with one of these wheelchairs if you can help me with uh, some of this team merchandise. Some swaps of team merchandise. I wonder, yeah. So then how, how would that work tax-wise, Derek? Well, it's funny that you should ask that. I just don't say that kind of thing to my accountant, and he'll never know the difference. Oh, okay. Is that, that the right answer? I, bingo. I have taught you well. I say, look at this cool stuff I found on the side of the road. Can you believe that they were just handing this out? <laughs> Oh, boy. Is that, is that a gold medal? Uh, uh-oh. <laughs> is that a gold medal? I don't think he meant to give me that. <laughs> I was trying to think of one of these athletes that might have been in some trouble and, you know, pawn their gold medal. or It happens. Their bronze. I, I can handle having that bronze in here. That'd be, that'd be kind of nice. Uh, I'd be all right with it. I, I mean, right I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, uh, anyway, get, get <laughs> rolling. Only, only three people that can say, you know, they, they got a medal from that Olympics, from that event, so. Yeah, that's uh and you're one of them now. Yeah, I am one of them. I can't take that away from you. It'd be like saying I was a, a part of the uh, the curling team. I think that there's a curling center. So we had the Olympics in, in uh, 2002, which is now the vintage years to be selling things which from. Which we're pushing for either 2030 or 2034. But they got a you know place to do the curling. And I think if there's ever an Olympic sport that I might be able to do. Now, I don't know if I will or not, <laughs> but I might be able. That's one that's like, well, there's a chance. Yes. So uh, I think we should go curling sometime, and then if we're somewhat good, what we do is, obviously we're not going to make the, the U.S. team, we won't make a Canada team, but I think if we go to like one of these, you know, Haiti, or we go to Guam, well, Guam's a territory of the U.S., but you go to one of these nations that's kind of warm and kind of small and say, hey, we'll represent you in the Olympics, how do we make this happen? Can't you get your buddy the king over in Kenya to give you like a partial uh, citizenship there? Oh, we got big listeners over there, maybe we, maybe we do something like that, hey, I'll finally send you that money for that money that you're holding <laughs> for me, but in return you have to let me be a, a, a curler for your country in the Olympics. A curler for your and, country. Mean, and once you get there, any man that's, you got, you got a fighting chance, I mean, you know. So maybe our next boys trip should be up to uh, the Park City curling event. We see how good we are at it first before we start contacting small countries in warm hemispheres. Like the, the Bermuda, you know, we got to be like, 
We got, maybe I gotta map this out. I, I know Peter's got some ties to, to China. Maybe we we'll get on the China team. I don't know, Adam. I don't know if I could represent China. Hong Kong, I could do. I think. I think. Uh, I don't want to be full commie. People think bad about that. I, I know that we don't have any downloads in, in China, yeah, so I, I can say I can say whatever I want about that. But maybe if you became the world famous curler in China, well, and there's also billions of people over there. So we we talked about last week. They probably have a they probably have a curling team. It's big. We need to think small island, <laughs> like the Jamaica bobsled team. We need to think that way. The Maldives. There you go. <laughs> Something like that. You know, we'll pay half of our ways. Let's be your Olympic representatives <laughs> here in Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah. We'll pay half Stay at your mom's uh, condo or something. I don't know. We can stay at Denny's and barbecue because breakfast. Yeah. What do your boys do? Oh, we're just training for the Olympics, Mom. We're just getting ready. Getting ready. Make sure that I have some. Uh, you know, I want some some sour bread toast. It's a. It's going to be a championship uh, run today. So that means the and, bolos. And then we just don't come in dead last. The bolos for this were Olympic items, not us. Unless we get a, if we get on the curling team, I mean, could you imagine the merch? I'm saying just a fighting chance. Maybe Disney makes a movie about us. Maybe we sell the rights and uh, write a book about our memoirs on the ice. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they have a card. I'm wearing the cards. You know. That's a. I do have. Uh, I do have Olympic cards. I've gotten some of those before. Uh, yeah, I'm just Bruce know. Jenner. I've got some Bruce Jenner cards. That's probably see for the Olympics. That's probably a good time to get selling. Dan Olson? No, Dan. I can't remember those guys that were in the decathlon. Yeah. 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 yeah that's that's cool for like uh, a a month out of every four years. Yeah. But uh, Michael Phelps would probably be good. I know that. Uh, the gymnastics team, they're they're just they're just killing it. The women, US gymnasts. They're pretty they're, good. They're always good. Pretty good. Uh, I, I heard those guys, the dream team are pretty good too, huh? Well they were. I don't know if they still are. But what I, I heard, don't even I don't even know who's on the dream team no more. They ripped it off from the Hart brother that the, the Oh, it was from Valentine and uh, Beefcake. Exactly. They ripped off the name. The original dream team. The original dream team was my boy Brutus the Hip Harbor Beefcake. And uh, one of the Hart brothers. No, it was uh, Greg Valentine. Greg Valentine. Greg the Hammer Valentine. And that's all they named him, the Heartbreaker. There you go. Full circle from last week's episode. Yeah, if you're following along, we just made it real clear for you. I got I got another bolo for you that I forget to bring up, and it will relate to some other things, but it, it's Pride Month, Adam. Okay. And so uh, there's a lot of celebrations across the nation, and one uh, a lot of companies do things for Pride Month. A lot of companies. I saw it. At uh, the run I went to, there was a kid that worked for a company called Lendio, and he had some some pride memorabilia. Well, uh, IKEA, have you are you aware of the IKEA bag in the reseller community? I know they got those blue bags, but I didn't know it was a thing. The blue bags are, are popular because people you can fit a lot of your stuff in them, so they fold down. They're small. They go to yard sales. You come out of thrift stores, or you you, you go into the mail and you got a bunch of things. You, you use the IKEA bag. Well, uh, once a year for Pride Month, they come out with the, the Pride bag. And people, um, I'm letting a secret out, there, but there's your boy Griff, I know, is one of them, will buy a bunch of these bags, okay. and then they'll just resell them. And it's one of their biggest sellers of the year really? for a lot of resellers. Huh. And I'm guessing there's a lot of other companies, like you're saying, that have swag and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, don't, don't be stupid. Don't overlook things. If, if there's an opportunity and you see maybe your work's handing out merchandise, whatever, not a bad wagon to get on and, and throw it out there, and uh, it's, a, it's a good bolo. You might uh, work for a large corporation right now trying to, you know, wean your way into full reselling. So that's, that's a bolo. That's a, something that you can uh, 
get from the office, you know, and, and, and make some money on it. Or maybe you have a friend's family work there, or, you know, husband, wife, whatever. They come home and, and uh, you know, we got, you know, all these T-shirts or they hand these out today. Just like anything, but, but Pride's a big celebration right now, so. Make that money, honey. And uh, and if you're buying Ikea, you might want to look into the bags for a bolo. By the time you hear this, it might be a little late, but get on it next maybe year. Maybe they'll have the extra. Maybe they'll have, like, the, the month end and it's over. But. Um, I don't know. Do I want to go down that, that the Pride Parade that I uh, stumbled upon? Yeah, we're here. Why not? We're, we're talking about it anyways. Uh, back in the Wayback Machine, uh, we got married several years ago, 12 years ago, to celebrate our anniversary. Um, <clears throat> we went to uh, Puerto Rico on a, on a cruise through the Caribbean and flew into Puerto Rico. It's been a couple days there. And this is back before. I know that this is going to be tough to believe. I didn't have a smartphone uh, cell phone didn't have internet service and this kind of you know dialed things, which is another point. I get to derail for just a second. <clears throat> My daughter's like, I want to get a phone, I want and she's nine and she wants a phone, wants a phone, and uh, she's like, When did you get a phone? I was twenty two. Oh, 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 well, that's no fun. I'm like, You got a long time to wait here. <laughs> but I said, didn't have a phone that that had internet. You know, walking around Puerto Rico, so, totally lost. So your phone was just a phone. It was just a phone. That's all it did. It was a phone. Its main function was what it's called. It could text, and uh, you could play blackjack, which was really fun um, when you're bored in college classes. That's what I spent my college time doing. Um, so anyway, we had literally lost, and that's the hard part. I mean, newly married, getting lost is bad enough, but then, like, looking like an idiot in front of your new spouse, like, it's really hard, and it's tough to Oh, she, she was used to it by then. <laughs> she, she was. But, you know, we didn't know where we were going, and we just kind of happened to stumble upon a, a pride parade. And, and it was definitely entertaining. There were a lot of uh, robust robust uh, Puerto Rican men that found themselves in some outfits that you would usually see uh, at a wedding. So it was quite interesting. I thought you were going to say it was hot and they were not wearing much. Oh, is that too? Okay. But there was a lot of... Uh, 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 Groomzillas that were dressed like bridezillas. Well, good for them. Well, I mean, it was a celebration and it's a story to tell. It was. There were a few things that I saw that you can't unsee. <laughs> Did you go and join the parade? Uh, we walked by and then we're like, and then I kind of figured it. I'm like, oh, 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 that's what this is going on. And then, like I said, kind of saw some things and we we married on our way and. Well, and then we just had a good time on the uh, the future part of the cruise. So. Well, there, we're, there's yeah, there's yeah, bolo right there, and uh, I need to talk to you about. I had a negative feedback, Adam. Oh, yeah. I tell you about that? Like, no, you didn't tell us. Was it? Was it extortion? It wasn't extortion, but I was able to get it removed. Okay. And I'm trying to remember the details because it's been like a week or so ago. But it just popped up, and it was a uh, oh, it was a return. I believe it was somebody that returned something. They weren't happy with it. I don't remember the details. And I'm like, dude, you got your money back. Like, why are you leaving a negative feedback? Uh, but I tried to call eBay, and you know that's that's hard. Yeah, it's very tough. You have to jump through some hoops. But if you go to the help section on your app or on your uh, on your eBay uh, main page, and you click enough buttons, I always go as I'm a customer trying to get help. So like, I'm trying to buy something, or I'm uh, you know trying to pay for something as a customer because. You'll get a phone call. You'll you'll get a number where they can call you back, and the time is like one to two minutes. If you're a customer, if you're a seller, you might as well check in for next Tuesday sometime. It, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's like you have to get a, a an advanced screening to be able to get in. And so then when they called me, I'm like, well, this is what I'm calling about, and they don't say, well, that's not what you said you're calling about. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, sorry. sorry. Uh, I just oh, I just said the facts. Hey, I got this negative feedback. You know, they wrote whatever they wrote, and uh, I gave them back their money. I took back the item. I, I mean, you know, you have to know eBay policies, and if you don't get the basics down, because a lot of the times people that you're talking to on the phone might not know, or you sound like if you sound like you know what you're talking about, you have a lot better chance of it happening than if you're like. Well, it didn't make me feel good, and I'm kind of sad that they did that, and I don't think what they said is right. You can come back and say they can't do this because I gave them their money back and it was a return or, or whatever, right? And so the lady was going to take care of it, and she put me on hold, and it went on hold for like 20 minutes. Oh. I'm like, this isn't good, and I'm like trying to call back. And in the meantime, I get another call from eBay, so I'm like, oh, well, she's just called me on this other line. So I click over, and uh, it's some other lady that's like, uh, you know, we had this thing and you're, you're supposed to call or whatever. And I'm like, no, I was on the phone on the other line with somebody from eBay and they're handling this for me. Kind of told her the same situation. Okay. And uh, look back, the other lines dropped. So I'm like, oh, she came back in the 20 minutes, whatever. And the lady on the phone this time is like, oh, we can't do nothing for you for that. You're going to have a negative feedback. I'm like, no, the lady I was just talking to said that you could remove this, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, crap. And then I'm like, it's been way too long. I need to go do some stuff. I'll figure it out. And so they send me an email saying, unfortunately, we can't remove this negative feedback, blah, 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 blah. And so then I, I reply back, this is where you got to be persistent on this stuff. And a lot of people just roll over and say, okay. And you can't do that. I mean, if you're in the wrong, you're going to be in the wrong. But if you're in the right. So I said, well, your first agent told me that they were going to remove it, dot, dot, dot. And that's all I did. And then they sent back the same reply from some other agent that said the same, it was the same form letter. And at the top it said, like, I know this can be frustrating, but... Uh, fortunately, we can't remove this. I said, yeah, but your agent told me that she was going to take care of this for me, dot, dot, dot. I did that probably four or five times, and finally I got one that said, we're removing the negative feedback for you. Lovely. And then I looked, and, and sure as uh, Shinola on the doorstop, uh, it was gone, Adam. That's, a, <clears throat> that's it's, if you uh, take the time to go through it, um, I have a related and unrelated to the same thing. <clears throat> when we refinanced our house... Mortgage got sold, and anyways, they said we didn't have homeowner's insurance. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? So we had to send over something. But they charged us money, but then I had to, like, contact them and send them some paperwork to show we didn't, but then, you know, so they got refunded $330 a day. So I feel better about myself. So that's, again, on your follow-through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to the eBay-related, I know that we had the, the, the one really upset uh, customer with us. Okay, I got something. After you say this, remind me. I got something to share with you because I think you're going to be, uh, I think you're going to be concerned. So go ahead. Really upset customer because the uh, the jacket that he bought, um, he didn't like. He, he thought it was stupid and he thought it was overpriced and uh, extremely threatening uh, letters that he mailed to us and never once did any of this stuff go through eBay and corresponded back. I mean, I kept sending a message. I'm like, I'd be happy to send you a refund if you, you know, say I need a refund. I'll run it through, do all those kind of things. Um, again, still haven't heard anything yet. So that's kind of the update with that is it's kind of at a standstill. I've done everything that I hand and I believe I've done everything the way I'm supposed to. Like I said, we sold an item. Uh, the customer didn't want it, but I didn't know. Like they, he, he mailed me a letter that said, hey, thank you very much. And then it progressively got worth with severe explicitives, he sent back the item. I've never opened it. I mean, it's a box of something. I haven't opened it yet because I'm still waiting for the official eBay. If he takes the time to go through the actual proper channels, well, I think his window might have shut on the return time. I, I think I so know. too. And like I said, it's 
I haven't done anything, so it's just still kind of hanging out there, but um, I haven't heard anything else, so I just I did what I thought I should do, and um, I've contacted him through eBay. That's the only way you should do it. If somebody contacts you outside of eBay, you know, that's... That's trouble. Yeah, so that's kind of where we're at with that. So you tell me what I should be concerned about. So uh, I don't know if you're on the... Are you on the eBay Main Street? You ever get on that? There's a... Main Street eBay, which kind of talks about, you know, laws and things that are going to affect uh, resellers and what's going on. They did a lot when it was uh, sales tax was coming out. Yeah. They're kind of like, uh, they send people out to Washington every now and again to talk to senators or, or whatever. There's a new bill that's going out. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's never a good sign to start off a sentence, where they're pushing for that every listing that you have has to have your home address, Boom. Your, your name, phone number, and I believe your email address. So if you're concerned about anything like that, you might want to get over to MainStreetEbay.com uh, or whatever it is, Google Main Street eBay, and read through what is being proposed, and then you might want to contact your representatives and say, this is not a good idea, and this is why. Yeah, I mean, you can't. I mean, we have our eBay store, and we have it through our P.O. box, and, and it's through my business name. I mean, I just, <clears throat> we have, like I so said, we have two stores, and I just went through the actual switch over from PayPal to the real payment and entered in our EIN number and all those kind of things. So we have an official name, but that, that's just dumb. That's just Well, dumb. I mean, I don't see any reason why people should be able to see my, my name and home address when, oh. they're, when they're looking to buy something from me. Yeah, because that whole boy, he was trying to hunt me down. And well, he's trying to hunt you down and, and saying some pretty uh, vulgar, explicit things. And say you got something of some worth, uh, that might be putting a little uh, target on you of like, hey, this might be a guy to rob. Uh, that, that's what it might be. So those are little tips, little tips of the trade. We're going to hit a little break as we get ready to uh, head out the door for vacation time. This is going to be a little evergreen. We don't know when it's going to air, but we are excited. Well, Derek, there's a reason we call it Death Piles and Taxes. It's because i got a whole load of stuff that I just need to list, and I haven't been doing it. Well, I mean, you're not alone. That's why people are listening right now. I know that they're just tiptoeing around them death piles all around their houses and apartments. It's real fun to buy, but it kind of stinks to sell. So what can I do about it, buddy? Well, you're in luck. Uh, we partnered with a great company called Sellhound. And what they're going to do is they're going to list all your death piles for you. They'll do the work for you. Oh, I love it when people do the work for me. How do I get in on that deal? Well, first off, they're going to let you try it. First two are free on the house. After that... Man, they got simple plans. They're just going to make it easy. You take a few pictures, you send it over to them, and they do all the work. That sounds really too easy, and I've used it myself. It's awesome. D-Roy, what do our listeners have to do to take advantage of this? Just do Death Piles 25, Death Piles, all capital letters, at the end when you're signing up for your payment. So, and you'll save 25% off whatever plan you go with. That sounds awesome. Get on there, start listing, start selling, so you can go out and buy some more stuff. Adam... My taxes are done, the season's over, I can just go on vacation and not have to see you again for another year. Well, yeah, because you're never going to have to file your taxes again, unless it's another year away. Oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot about that They're never going away. So, here at Adam Up Accounting, we're glad to help you during tax time. But if you're also a larger seller, if you uh, need to run payroll, if you really want some help running those uh, bookkeeping reports, because I know how good you are at that. Uh, we're happy to help you. We have uh, really good affordable monthly plans on these uh, higher seller, um, you know, you're running it like a business, you've got some good amount of income, we'd be happy to take care of you so that your uh, accounting needs are taken care of. Well, I don't want to talk to you, though. I don't want to call up and just get some office off in, you know, New, New Brunswick or somewhere. <laughs> hey, we're here. You can message us on our website, 
shoot us a, a message on social media. We'd be glad to help you out, kind of tell you what options we have so that you can be more organized and teach you and help you make more money and pay less to Uncle Sam. Well, what's your website and where do I find you on social media then, my friends? It's, everything's Adam Up Accounting. Uh, you can look us up there on our website. You can follow us, get some Wednesday wisdom. We try to give you some tips. You can also link through the uh, podcast, Death Files and Taxes. Get those taxes uh, taken care of so you have more time to make money elsewhere. Well, we're going to bring it home hard now. we got a legacy to, to live up to on this, potentially the last Death Files and Taxes ever. Don't even give me that. Potential. Well, it's always the potential. You never know what's going to happen, but it's documented. I'm going to go into one big bolo that I called out at the beginning. I I, I didn't get in on I, I got in on a small portion of the bolo, but not like I could have. Brought it up, go back in the archive, probably about five, maybe six months ago, about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Now we've talked about it. It's kind of a digital art thing. Uh, Derek's close personal Twitter buddy, Mr. Gary Vaynerchuk. He, he follows me. He does, and his brother-in-law hired us, so I'm working on a couple of emails to make something happen. There. Have you got the check yet? Uh, actually, I think we did. Okay, uh, all right. And we've got the corresponding emails. Anyways, <clears throat> we talked about buying these these NFTs. He came up with a thing called V Friends. <clears throat> You're listening to this podcast. Do yourself some education. That's all. I'm, you know, find out what non fungible tokens. Look up V Friends. Basically, he made a whole bunch of uh, childlike drawings. Took a piece of paper, took a, a drawings, and, and drew it, and it became like uh, essentially your pass to the next you know three years of conferences. Are you sure you want to tell people to go ahead and look up V Friends? I don't I don't know. That's what look it up on Twitter, like V E E Friends. That's what he calls the uh, the the exclusive I don't know group. I, I don't NFT <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know. What the, don't don't try and twist this in the in a wrong way, Derek. I'm just I'm just. I'm not the one. This is all Adam of Adam Up Accounting, AdamUpAccounting.com. If any any of you uh, have any problems, yeah, don't don't even like you're you're trying to twist. I'm just saying I'm just I'm not against the NFT. I'm just making sure you're going to the right source. I'm just trying to tell people to Google certain things, and uh, you know, you're you're all about making things difficult for me. That's just kind of the way you work. So you get out there, you get these uh, Kren drawings that Gary did to be be his friend. Yes, Kren drawings. That's a good way to uh, to describe it. Um, and essentially, it showed how um, NFTs, like, they flip them. So people have been doing. They've been flipping these um, NFT drawings, and what it is is you have to pay for it with Ethereum. You have to go in, you have to have a Coinbase wallet. It's a pretty difficult process, and I understand that's why a lot of people have kind of been, uh, you know, not, it's made it a difficult process. But they are selling them, you know, they paid... In May, they paid, I don't know, 10000 and now they're selling for 18000 35000 17000 for a whole lot of money that they flipped in a matter of weeks. Big bolo. There's still opportunities. Like I said, I, this is the beginning of what the Internet is. I, I still really, really feel like that, D-Roy. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I'm, I'm not saying they're not a thing, and I'm not saying they won't happen. I'm more of a, a settler, and I think I said this the other week of... Uh, I'm going to go out and let the pioneers get slaughtered so I can come and settle. There's going to be some people that make a lot of money off this, and there's going to be some people that will lose a lot of money off this. Um, something will be figured out with the NFT. I do think that a digital collectible 
that makes sense. Uh, a lot of other things have gone digital. People always have their phones on them to be able to look at their collection or whatever. Uh, people have been able to sell these kind of things. So I think there's a market there. Um, however, at this point, I'm I'm not I'm not getting full bore into it. I'll wait and see how it plays out. I'll maybe once it's able to be on eBay, and you can just buy it. I don't really want to have to go get my Ethereum and, and, and go back and forth. I know eBay said they're going to start taking it, so I do think there's potential. And if you can get something that's a low enough uh, a run of something desirable, I don't know that drawings by these people. I've seen that there's some punks one too. Yeah, uh, I, I'm more of like the traditional of like, okay, it's. Uh, you know, it's a sports card base, and there's five of these made, or, well, or something is, like that. Is, is you get like the digital one, but you also get the hard copy. But here, it, it's it's gift goat, so it's just a thing. The original sales price was five Ethereum, so about eleven thousand dollars. They resold it less than a month later for eighteen Ethereum, or forty six thousand dollars. So they made they made a good chunk of money. <laughs> Uh, it's a gamble. I'll, yeah. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I, I think it's a gamble. You know, a lot of things we do are gambles. But like I said, it's very interesting as these things kind of uh, roll out. Um, again, it's very, very young. Very, very, you know, you find an artist that you are a fan of. Uh, it's just one of those things that I, I can guarantee in a few years you're going to say, you know what, I, I should have put a little more time into education in that. Because like I said, I'm not telling you to go out and spend 20, you know, $20,000 on something. You can afford to spend twenty, fifty dollars, and like I said, kind of educate yourself. It's the same thing that I did with Robinhood a year ago. Like I said, I got in, kind of dabbled around. That's really kind of what helped uh, spur, I guess, my decisions in sports cards. As I looked at the company that was grading them, and as their stock price tripled, and then they sold off. And same thing with Tops that's going public. It just it just helps your education and a better way to make money, right? It's not a bad thing to know. Um, I think if you got the eleven thousand dollars, there might be better investments. You can get a lot more at a thrift store, or yard sale for eleven k. But again, forty grand, uh, I can't, I can't argue if they sold it for that. So big, uh, big money, big profits, big risk. Risk, big risk, big reward. Some people are pilgrims, and some people are pioneers. Adam, yeah, and it's it's fun or, to uh, settlers. Whatever I said of Catan. That's a fun game. That's a, that's a good game, D-Roll. I don't know if you've played it before. But uh, I haven't. It's a fun game, so. What else you got for me, buddy? Well, I want I want uh, what's kind of a bolo episode. We're just kind of having fun. We're trying to get I got I got a D-Roll. I need to talk about my thumb surgery I gave myself, but before I get to that, I uh I I sold um a bunch of Snickers bars the other day. You did sell your sneakers. And uh, it was about a year, maybe two years ago, I bought a bunch of these Texas uh, limited edition Snickers bars that were, uh, they only made X amount of them. I bought $300 worth or something like that. And I bought like cases and cases and cases of them. And they've kind of been a slower mover, but they've started to pick up some speed. Uh, part of that is my wife said, you need to lower the price on these, they need to go. You've had them for too long. And I had somebody contact me the other day, and there's 15 bars to a box. And they said, if I buy 15 bars from you, will, will you give me the box? They really just wanted the box. And I'm like, yeah, for sure I'll do that. So what ended up happening is they paid me about $150 for, for a box of uh, candy bars. And I sent them off. To, uh, they're off to Portland for some Texan's birthday. It was some guy that lives up in Oregon. And, uh, you know, it was all Texas-themed box and all that. The pecans. The pecan sandies. The pecanness. Um, anyways, that's what we call our buddy Pelican. Sorry. Yeah, we kind of, maybe we start calling him the pecan. Maybe he's more Texan. I don't know. <laughs> big, big epiphany there. Uh, but long story short is 
uh, just find things. I mean, you know, people. Well, people think I'm crazy when I'm selling candy bars. Or I had somebody get mad at me the other day. I have those Butterfingers discontinued ones. Uh, Mr. Painter been selling them too. We talked about those a while back. And I have the the uh, cups, so they're more of like a Reese's cup, but the the Butterfinger, but the old recipe. And somebody said, you know, oh, yeah, the old man, the old recipe is so much better. Somebody said, you know, what kind of a you're a, you know, whatever. And they were mad that I was selling this candy for this price and. Who, who do I think I am? And uh, I'm just scamming people. And I said, you don't even know what you're talking about here. I've been selling these. People are happy to have them. Uh, if you're not interested, that's fine. But I'm, I'm not scamming people. I'm sending them the item that they're buying at the price that they agree to buy it. That's, that's the opposite of a scam. Move along. And I get good feedback from it. And, uh, you know, I said, you can look at my feedback score and then you can look at yours and we can tell who's doing the better business because they had, like, you know, 50 feedback and I have thousands. So I did flex on a little bit there, but I'm like, don't come bark, don't come barking at my door, you know. And so, but about the time they said that, somebody bought one. I mean, it was just kind of funny how it lines up that whoever's complaining about it, then things start selling that they're complaining about. So, uh, just because some people might think you're crazy or whatever, if you know what you're getting and you do your research, um, you know, things will sell. If you could have told me two years ago you could sell enough baseball cards to pay for a vacation, I would have told you you're nuts, but. Here you are. I got several vacations planned as as I got more cards coming back, more money coming in. You know, it might be a little dollar than a little lower than what we had, had hoped for last year because of the uh, ups and downs of the market. But a lot of my stuff coming back is more vintage. So yeah, things change, right? Adaptability is is kind of the way you roll and make that money. Well, let me tell you about. I, I had to do a little surgery today, Adam. Thumb surgery. A little no. thumb surgery. You know, I'm in the big trucks. I'm, I'm driving the big rigs around. Oh, because you, you, you passed the test, right? I passed the test. I'm actually just in my box truck still. They haven't got me the truck that they told me they were going to get. That's a whole other podcast for a whole other day. But I'm driving my truck around, and uh, I was getting some things out of the back. And in the back, it's a uh, you know we have pallets and, and certain things. And I got a splinter, but it went like straight in. Like it wasn't on an angle. It went like straight in and deep. And and it was starting to bleed, so I pulled it out. I'm like, well, that's annoying, and it's, it's bloody, but I thought, oh, well, I, I will live. You'll make it. And uh, kind of kept bleeding for a little bit, and I started digging at it, and then I'm like, okay, I'll figure this out when I get home. Well, I got home, and I couldn't find, the tweezers couldn't quite get to it. I'm like, okay, this might be a little deeper, and I'm kind of, I'll, I'll keep this not too graphic, but I'm trying to get it out using other you know, things I probably shouldn't have been using. And I just thought, well, whatever, like, whatever. And uh, maybe it's not even in there. Maybe I've just irritated it. And so today at work, I'm like, no, it's definitely in there because I'm kind of looking. They had a first aid kit at, at work. And so I'm going through, and I'm, I'm being uh, Doogie Hauser. I'm, I'm selecting the items I'm going to have to need to get this out. But they had something that said uh, splinter remo- removal device. Oh so I put that in my pocket. And then I got some uh, some uh, liquid skin, put that in my pocket. What does a splinter removal device look like? <laughs> oh, oh, we'll get to it. And then I got me a, a finger bandage and put that in my pocket, but then I had to go do my do my delivery. So I thought, well, I have to get fuel. So when I'm, when I'm fueling up, I'm going to take care of this business. I got up to our Sandy location, and uh, I went, and I'm like, well, there's their, their uh, first aid kit. Let me see what they got. <laughs> they had some cooling gel. Ooh. They had uh, a few other things that I picked up. They had like this thing that you put on there. It's like a... It's like a powder, but if it's bleeding, it stops the bleeding. Like a magic spray for soccer players? It was kind of like that, but it was like a powder. It looked like a sand, like a granule sand kind of thing. Magic powder, huh? So anyways, I get over to uh, I get over to, to get gas, and I, I fuel up my truck, and uh, I come back in the truck, and I start setting up my supplies. I also got I also got me like a sanitary wipe. Prep. I got me a, like a, it was like an alcohol wipe. 
You got your own surgical set. Yeah. And I thought, man, somebody's looking over here right now because I was putting it all up against my window. Oh, I'm like, they're uh, they're gonna be wondering what's going on in this truck. And I didn't know. So I opened it up, and it's like uh, it's like a metal rod, but it's got like a really just pointy end. It looked oh, like like almost like a bee. Uh, it almost looked like a like a bee stinger. Okay. But it was like metal, and I'm like, well, that's something. Who even comes up with this to sell this? I'm like, that was, somebody had a good idea, and how do you get this approved that this is what this is for? And so, I put on, well, I'm like, oh, so I put on some of my cooling gel to numb me first, because I'm like, it was pretty tender to the touch. And so, I, I, I numbed it up pretty good, and I had me a little napkin there that I got from the convenience store, so I kind of cleared it off a little better, and I had my alcohol, and I thought, oh, this is either going to go real good or real bad. So I, I, I put in that splitter thing, and I, I got to digging just a little bit. Jeez. LB, if it didn't just pop right, I mean, it came, like, like perfect. I'm like, right out. I'm like well, whoever invented this is a genius. Like, I looked at it, it didn't look like it, it was it was just right out. And I'm like, well, okay, got my liquid skin, which is actually, I think it's just uh, glue. I think it's just glue. It's glue. Glued that. And I should have put the powder on first to stop the bleeding, but I didn't. So I put the liquid skin, <laughs> then the powder. doesn't matter. And then I... Uh, then I went ahead and put the Band-Aid on to, to drive back, and, and uh, here I am. I, I'm a brand-new man. The splinter's out, and I live to tell another day. And I think I'm qualified to do hand surgery now. So when you talk to our buddy, second favorite, Brian, I think I might be able to go into business with him. And uh, I, I might have some things to offer. I, I'd have to go under. I don't have a degree. I'd have to be a homeopathic. But I, I think there's a, a natural healer or something. But I think there's a, I think there's something to be had here. I think I got, I got some, uh, some business we can get into. Well... I do know, uh, first favorite, your second favorite, Brian, his wife's kind of pushing towards an early retirement. Like, you know, he's got a couple of years, but maybe maybe that's an option. Maybe D-Roy can uh, be your homeopathic specialist. I mean, I'm not going to do all the schooling. I know he probably works hard and stuff, but, you know, if he needs me to dig out some stitches or, uh, you know, an occasional splinter, I, I think I'm now qualified to do it, and I can, you know, I can kind of act important. Well, you are important. I can, I can prep him up. You bring the knowledge here to the death pile. You, you want the cooling gel yet, Brian, or are we going to wait a little bit? I'm sure those patients would love me just showing up. Oh, man, well, I don't, I don't know how else we can end on a better note with that. These uh, episodes are going to be coming up uh, periodically as we are, are out and on our, our ventures over the next two weeks. I could not be happier this has been amazing. This has been super fun. We know it's not the last, but if it were, man, this yeah. is what a better way to go. Those lottery numbers line up right. Who knows? But, Adam, congratulations on your vacation that you're paying for with your eBay money oh, yeah. from where we were a couple of years ago. I'm, I'm proud of you. And that's, you know, happy that your kids get to go to the beach on, on uh, other people, on your hard work. That's right. On people buying stuff on eBay. So appreciate all those who are out there trying to sell. Like I said, it's worth it. It, it just is. It's been kind of a, a hobby slash money making thing. It's super fun. Gives us a, a lot of things to do, and uh, man, I'm I'm just excited. I'm, well, uh, I'm ready to check out, man. Well, the whole reason of the podcast is if, if we can do it, you can do it. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It might not be selling uh, vintage sports cards or, or whatever we're into, but yeah, you can sell splinter uh, pickers to the businesses around town. Find something. Two and a half years ago, I'd never sold anything. You know. I don't know, 12, 13, 15 years ago, you know, my wife would have sold a couple of, on half.com where you sell your college tax books. But we figured it out. Like I said, it, it's, it's not hard. Like I said, it's go in, you find something that you like, you educate yourself, and you will be able to make enough money to pay for things that you want. What's your why? I mean, that's, that's really what we're looking for. So you can go out and make some money. Know how to file your taxes on it, write off your vacations, you know, make money and enjoy what you do, D-Roy. Hey, it might be your whole full-time business. You make it as, as 
as hard or as not hard as you want because you're the boss. So You are your boss. So that being said, D-Roy, there are two things in life that are for certain, and that is... Death piles and taxes. Thank <music> you.